in this in this last few weeks, I have been, of course, I always go to God and ask Him what He would like me to speak about. Christmas Eve is always a special night of the year. It's a happy time of year because we know that almost 2,000 years ago the Christ was born and he made a difference in world history. Adam and Eve in the garden were told of him in the third chapter while they were getting a whole bunch of bad news. They were getting a whole bunch of bad news. After they partook in disobedience of the fruit, disobeyed God and fell, and they got a bunch of bad news, but one piece of good news in that bad news was that the wolf, through the woman would come a seed, not seeds as of many, but one. And that seed would crush the serpent's head. I'm sure the serpent was there also because the serpent was getting some bad news from God in the garden also. And uh, he heard that. And there began a war between the evil one and the woman. And he be tried to pollute her. Uh, make it un undoable. The flood came, thought he won, but he didn't. Even though eight people out of entire Earth's population survived, that's all. Yet he, th he thought he had it. He thought he beat God, but he didn't. Out of those people came the seed, and the seed, the lineage of that seed kept going. He thought he had it beat a few times in history, but didn't. And that seed came, which was Christ the Lord. It came in circumstances you'd never guess. You'd never, you'd, nobody in his right mind would say God, manifest in the flesh, would come to the people he came to. And th if I say through the people he came to, you just wouldn't guess it. Matthew one eighteen says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Have you ever wondered how two people can look at the same event and see different things? Isn't it amazing? Two people can observe the same event and see it differently. The Messiah was hoped for and predicted, as I mentioned, since Adam and Eve. Israel was expecting the Messiah, looking for him, longing for him, talking about his coming. Some 4,000 years from first mention in the garden, transpired before that great day when the angel appeared to this 14, 15-year-old girl, Mary, and said, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, and you're going to have, you're going to birth something absolutely unique. You're going to birth the God-man, conceived of the Holy Ghost, while you're still a virgin, how can that happen? Well, God can do anything. He didn't have any problem with that. Anybody that's studied much about the anatomy of the body understands there has to be a God. I cannot understand how anyone that knows has very even a surface knowledge of the human body could deny that there has to be a creator. There just has to be a creator. It'd be like saying when a 747 flew over your head that nobody created that. It just happened. Or a deer ran by you, or a bird sang in their predetermined tunes, not just one generation, a thousand generations, and they're still singing the same tune, doing the same things. And there's a God, folks. He made this, what's, what's around us. 
He made the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. And the sky up above. And a thing called love. I had to do it. They knew. What did they know ahead of time before Jesus was born? They knew he was where, where he was going to be born. Micah 5.2 says, Without Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. That tips you off right there. It's not your normal bird. person that's going to be born there has preexisted forever. He's going to be born in a little place called Bethlehem. Now, this is some 400 plus years before it happened. Now, folks, folks, I came down to Florida here. In fact, I came down to Fort Myers Beach the first time in 1965. Fort Myers Beach had no condos. There were only 3,000 people lived there. It was a little fishing village where they used to shrimp. They had about 100 shrimp boats and some grouper boats. And that was it. It was real simple. You could lay out on the pavement in the summertime. Nobody run over you. It was, that's what we used to say. It's just about that. In the summer, it was just dead. And it was a relatively poor area, not really expensive. You could buy a lot on the beach, a buildable lot on the, on the Gulf of Mexico for 8000 bucks, And uh, you could buy one on a canal lot for 4000 And I didn't. Because I'm not real smart when it comes to money. But I, I would have never been able to tell you what this place was going to look like, and I'm in 2017. I would Back in 1965, when I was, by the way, 15 years old, I never could have looked forward and said, well, Fort Myers Beach is going to be the nightmare of the traffic it is today. With condos on both sides of the road, you know, if we, it wasn't enough just to put people in houses, we'll stack them. And so you just can't even move an hour and a half just to go down and get something to eat. And uh, I would have never been able to do that. And neither could these people imagine some 400 years. How could anybody say that there would be a Bethlehem? How could you say that? 400 years out. That'd be like saying 400 years ago that there was going to be a place called Bonita Springs. Because uh, Bethlehem and Bonita, in fact, Bethlehem's smaller than Bonita a lot. You know, about 10,000 folks. But I mean, who could believe it? The people that lived in uh, Bonita years ago with the dome down there and the uh, bowling alley over here, just a few little places that were landmarks, they're all gone. Who, who would have believed? Nobody could. God had to do that. Folks, there's a God. He loves you. He wants to save you. He has done everything on his side to, to make it possible for you to have forgiveness of sins and have a place in heaven. He's done everything on his side to allow you to become his child. Without him, we're called in the Bible the child of disobedience, but with him, we're the children of the living God. They knew his purpose. The Bible said in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, 4 through 6, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. 
It's talking about Jesus. I mean, you read Isaiah 53, you got to say, this is Jesus. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every man to his own way, and the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. They knew his place of birth. They knew his purpose was to substitutionarily, a big fancy theological word, which I, I do like it. It's like the way it sounds, vicariously atone. He was going to die for me, if I just want to make it personal, amen? What's Christmas about? It's about Jesus coming that would eventually deliver us from the power and the penalty of sin. You know this world's in a mess. This place is in a mess and getting worse. It's almost spinning out of control. They knew his nature. If I may say, they knew his name. It was written in Isaiah also, chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name. His name. They knew his name. Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is God with us. They knew his name and his nature. They knew where he was going to be born. They knew his purpose for coming, which was to save them from their sins, as the angel mentioned to Joseph. And they knew his name. His name would be Emmanuel, God with us. It would be a God-man. Isaiah chapter 9, just down two chapters down from 7, verse 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Consular, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You can't have peace without Jesus. You just can't have it. You try it. Some of you in here have tried to get peace in all kinds of ways. You've tried to get some, there's a hole in you that you've tried to fill. There's a vacuum in you, a, a, an itch that you can't scratch, a hunger that you can't satiate. And there's only one thing. God has made that in you. Yes. He's made only one person can satisfy that, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been estimated that some 300 prophecies of Jesus' birth are in the Bible, his life, ministry, and passion. They knew these things. But what happened? The majority of the children of Israel missed him, right? They missed him. The people who knew the most. The people who were the Sadducees and scribes and Pharisees and lawyers, they missed him. Now, they knew the most about what I'm talking about here. But who really found him was the average guy, the average man, the poor folks. They recognized him, believed him. Simple childlike faith, the woman at the well, some what they would consider half Jew, half Gentile, uh, they wouldn't even deal or talk to the Samaritans. The woman at the well got it. She had been married five times, and the guy she was living, they had people living together back then. The man you're now with is not your husband. He said, you're living together. Now, we're, we think, oh, that's, that's modern-day stuff. No, that, that, that sin's still going on. It was going on back then. Probably started back at Cain. 
Wow. They received him. They, they believed it. They missed his announcements. The angels came to the humble, out-of-the-way people. Mary, Joseph, relatively poor. The shepherds were told of his birth. Uh, God did not make it known, as I said last week, to this leadership, educated, gifted people. His son came mostly to the poor folks and the out-of-the-way folks. God's son would come and, you, you know, they would have thought that God's son would come to a wealthy, highly educated, and a positioned family, but no. He would surely, they would think, be born in a, the fanciest, the Messiah. Testified by Moses, testified by every prophet, the Bible says, testified of him. You would think, surely our Messiah is going to come to a wealthy family in a fancy, and he's going to be born in, a, in, a, in, a, in accommodations of our finest hospital. He would have our finest accommodation. You know what their problem was? They were putting God in a box. You will lose every time you try to put God in a box of your making. Man, I hope you get that. If you try to put God in a box of your imagination, he's going to surprise you. He'll come out of it. I hope you can learn that from just this alone. They were looking in the wrong places. They were looking according to their human reasonings and social expectations, and it, it didn't work. When God did send the Magi from Babylon area to see him with the gifts that they gave, uh, they still didn't catch on. Herod the Great heard about it, and he called the prophets, he called the uh, scribes, he called the, the people who were in the know, and they said, yeah, we have a Messiah come. He's going to be born in this little town of Bethlehem, which is, by the way, five miles from Jerusalem. I've, I've stood on the Mount of Olives, and you can, you can see Bethlehem, five miles. Small little village, hilly area, kind of like southern Michigan, and that just represented half of the group here tonight. And but instead of using this information to accept him and receive him, they used it to kill him. Herod sent, out, had to, sent the soldiers to Bethlehem there to kill every baby two years and under. Wow. Why? Petty jealousy. John eleven forty eight 48 says, if, if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans will come and take away our place in our nation. Petty jealousy that they didn't want to lose their position and they didn't want to lose their prestige and they didn't want to lose their nation because they felt if he kept preaching what he was preaching, Rome would come in and squelch him. They had no idea. Even though they were told ahead of time, they didn't believe. Why? They'd set him up in their minds as being different than he actually came. They missed his lineage. Jesus' lineage was not the lineage they were expecting. In Jesus' lineage, you have Tamar, an immoral woman, Rahab, a harlot, a Ruth, a Moabitess, and Bathsheba, an adulterous woman, the wife of Uriah. They were expecting more from this Savior that was to come, surely. They didn't expect his relatives would be streetwalkers, unfaithful, betrayers, but those were included in his lineage. Now, these people had gotten right with God. Yes, they did. Well, that was their past. They missed him because they expected something that was not in their normal line of thinking. 
God does not have a lot of time for your normal. He doesn't. Beware, lest you do not set up or presume amount of limits and boundaries for God in your life. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. He's got to come a certain way. I've had people tell me, preacher, there cannot be a hell. I say, why? The Bible says there is. Jesus said there was. He said there cannot be a hell because God's too loving to do that. And I'm like, have you talked to him direct one-to-one? Well, that's just, I just know it to be so. I just, listen, you can will it. You, some of you would love to see snow here. I mean, you've told me, preacher, I just like a white Christmas in South Florida. Well, you can will it. You can sit there and go, but it's not going to snow. I was here when it snowed in 1983 and only lasted 10 minutes. It was, a, it was a disappointment. You want snow? You got to go to Michigan. That's why they're here. They've seen it. Beware lest you make God into the, an image of your own creation and not according to the reality that he comes. I don't like the what it doesn't matter what you like, folks. You conform to him. He don't conform to you. He is the king of kings, not you. He is the one in not you. And if you want to be the one in control, and if you want to be the one that makes the, then you'll not ever know him and you'll miss him. You'll miss him like they missed him. In John chapter 3, verse 2, they missed his accomplishments. Nicodemus came to him by night and said, and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Why? Nobody can do, nobody can uh, give sight to a blind, a man, blind man was born that way. Nobody can raise the dead. They've been dead for four days. John 11. Nobody can take a cripple. Uh, that's been crippled since birth and get, straighten him up where he can run again and walk again, normal. But God can. What was he trying to tell him? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. What's God trying to tell you tonight? I'm here. I'm here. The Sanhedrin, the guards at the Sanhedrin, they said, never man spake like this man. They missed these accomplishments. The disciples even said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I, I've been out on the sea a little bit, and I can tell you the sea will humble the most proud individual. There are no cocky sailors in a bad storm. A bad storm or something, there's something just humbling about a, 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 an angry ocean. Most sailors refer to the ocean as she. I wonder why. Mark chapter 2, verse 5 through 7 says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of palsy, Thy son, thy sins been forgiven. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there, reasoned in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? I want to go ding, 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 ding. That's it. He's God. He gave sight to a born blind man. 
He raised the dead in front of hundreds of people. Listen, these miracles weren't weren't some weren't some hat trick or, or or card trick. These miracles were attested by thousands and thousands of people. Lazarus, when he was raised, had been dead for four days. Even his own sisters said, "Don't this he's going to stink." And all he said, "Believe me, believe me, and he's going to live." Wouldn't you like to have been there? Wouldn't you like to have been there when he said, Lazarus, come for? Would you still have been skeptical? Let me ask you this. What would it take to make you believe? I mean, I mean, jump in. I mean, believe. I mean, be a follower of Jesus. I mean, be all over it. What would it make? What would it take to make you believe? Lazarus raising? Do you know there was people that were there that saw that, that doubted it? The Bible said they went away and said, oh, what happened? They must have rigged this thing out. At least, amen, I appreciate the feedback. The general people said, John chapter 12, verse 34, and people answered and said, we have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou the Son of God, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? The misconceptions and misunderstandings of presumed conditions kept many of these people from recognizing the Lord Jesus Christ as Peter said, thou art the Son of of the living God. And he said, Peter, you didn't do this and get this on your own. The Holy Spirit of God has recognized who I am and told you who I am. They missed the announcement. They missed his lineage. They missed the accomplishment. They missed his uh, accommodations. And lastly, and I end with this, they missed his, amen, they missed his language. His language. It says, son, put him up here. Bring him up here. No, no. That's okay. During, is that one of the uh, Marin children? I didn't know you were. Why do you think it's so loud? Amen. We love babies here at the gospel. We love them. We want all of our women to have babies. They don't want to, but we want them to. During the trial of Jesus and the passion, they paid people. To condemn him falsely, contradicting themselves. They had a predetermined conclusion when they tried Jesus. They taunted him so he would maybe swear or he would get angry or he would break the law in some manner. Finally, they put the question directly to him. Matthew chapter 26, verse 62 says, The high priest arose and said to him, Answerest thou nothing? What is this which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. The high priest answered and said unto him, and I love this, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell of us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. People say, well, Jesus never uh, 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 admitted he was the Son of God. Right here it is. He says to them, thou hast said. That is a Hebrew idiom for saying, so be it. It is. And look at the reaction. Nevertheless, I say unto thee, hereafter that Jesus said, you shall see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. And the high priest rent his clothes, saying, he has spoken blasphemy. What further need we of witnesses? Behold, now we have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They all answered together and said, he's guilty of death. They could not accept the kind of Messiah God the Father sent. Jesus indeed was born to die. 
He told his disciples, my hour has not yet come. They tried to rush something on him. The problem was Jesus sent a Messiah that was not handsome. Or uh, God the Father sent Jesus a Messiah who was not handsome. I know you ladies want to, you know, the uh, what do they call the velvet Jesus, uh, picture Jesus. We had one praying hand, picture Jesus. And it was always a good-looking, handsome man. That was before I read the Bible. I started reading the Bible. I came across the book Isaiah, chapter 53. There's no beauty that we would desire him. He had no beauty that we would desire him. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid as it were a face from him. The, the Bible is clear when it talks about the Messiah. He was, I'm going to say it, because you're probably thinking that he was homely. He, he was, you know, some people, what they got, what they call the executive, the executive look. Definitely not this. But, and definitely not Tom. <laughs> but Jesus did not have the executive walk, the executive look, the executive height. He wasn't 6'2", 185, da, 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 da. No. He came, he didn't come like they thought he was going to come. He came relatively normal or common or homely or whatever you want to call it. He was from a poor and significant family. He was from uneducated. He didn't have any formal education. There was no, in fact, they accused him of that. Where'd you get all your education? He had no prestige. His works were mostly to the poor and disadvantaged. He did not consult with the leadership of the Jews to figure out what to do. He claimed deity for himself. He claimed God was his father, which they said, then make us thyself equal with God. He was condemned a criminal. Because of that, as you just read, as we just read, as I read, and, and they, they ripped their clothes. The people closest to the event know what happened. They know the tone. They know what he meant. They ripped this out. He's blaspheming. He's claiming to be God. And they, of course, sentenced him to death. And that was, that was huge. They knew what was going on. They missed him. He was shamed publicly. He could not have been the blessed one. The Blessed One would have never allowed himself to be crucified, scourged by the Romans, spit upon, beaten, humiliated every way he could be, hung up naked on a cross in a public area, and uh, lay there, hung up there for six hours. He was beaten, the Bible says, past recognition as a normal man. His beard was plucked from his face. Uh, folks, they just didn't have that in their mind. This is our Messiah. But had he not done that, he could not have taken our place. He could not have bore the wrath of God for your sin and my sin. He could not have done it. That's what he came to do. He came to be the lamb. John the Baptist, when he saw him on the edge of the Jordan River, said, Behold, the lamb of God will take away the sin of the world. He knew who he was. He's not coming this time as a king. He's not coming as king of kings. He's not coming Lord of lords. He's not coming in a flame of fire, which he will come, but not this time. It's important tonight that you recognize this Jesus as the one that was to come, the Messiah. Don't miss him. Don't put God in a box. Don't put all sorts of conditions on him. Don't say to loving God, if he was loving, he wouldn't do this. The devil will hear that. Make something happen, you'll get bitter at God. 
You should have no conditions, no presuppositions, no preconceived ideas. Take the Lord Jesus Christ tonight as presented from God. Whether you like him that way or don't, take him as your Savior, because he is the Savior of the world. Of all the professed leaders of religion, of all kinds of different religions, only one, only one has the claim and historical veracity of Jesus Christ. Only one has a book with such document, uh, document trail. 12, 14,000 documents verified through the centuries. Going back second century, this is the word of God. No other savior, no other leader claims fulfilled prophecy straight up and down like Jesus did. Nobody's even close. Muhammad, not even close. Nothing close. The Quran, nothing close. Nothing even close. There's no book like the Bible. There's no savior like Jesus. Is he your savior tonight? We celebrate Christmas Eve, the time when he came. Recognized by a bunch of old stinky shepherds. I said last week, I talked about him. When I was a kid, I only bathed once a week. How many here? Last week, I asked the question. I'll do that to my old home folks. How many? Here, only bathed once a week when they were a kid, and I only bathed once a week, and that was only because my mother made me. I didn't see any necessity in it. Now I do. These old shepherds got to see Jesus, got to see the little, got to go to the manger. God let them right there. You know what? God opens himself up to the humble. He opens himself up to the meek. If you'll come to him in a humble and broken heart, in a contrite heart, God will receive you. And he'll give you eternal life. And he'll put his blessed spirit in you. And which is what the Bible calls getting saved. That's what it means. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Oh, I like that. I like that. You know how to you know how to give a gift to you know how to give a gift to God tonight. This is a time of gift giving, amen. I think it's a great time. We get to give gifts to each other. Why why do we give gifts? Because we're celebrating the birth of the Christ. You can't celebrate the birth of the Christ better and give something back to God than trusting Jesus as your personal savior here tonight. Come to God and say, I'm not able to save myself by any amount of good works. I give up all that whole deal by trying to work my way to heaven. I just give it up. I believe that you died for me just like the Bible said. We're buried and the third day you rose again just like the Bible said. I believe you're the son of God. Oh, Jesus, be my savior. I don't think it takes a whole lot. God's kept it simple. Because at five years old, I asked Jesus to save me. And I'm 66. It's lasted all this time. It'll last for you, too. Why don't you trust him? Father, thank you tonight for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for this brief service where we recognize the birth of the Lord Jesus and coming for us. Father, explain it where I could not. Blessed Holy Spirit, we trust you. 
The Bible says it's not, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And we know tonight you want folks saved and more than we do. Explain it to some of these folks that may not know you. May they ask Jesus with all their heart to be their Savior. Father, anoint us tonight. Bless these people as they go. Bless America. Help our country, Father. Purge it of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Cause people that are of an upright heart to get in positions of leadership. Combat corruption in every level. And Father, bring America to the place where, where we are known as a Christian nation again. Because we act Christian and we talk Christian and we walk Christian. Not because we have a, a religion, but because we have a Savior that's real. Father, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.